We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. DFS podcast, Friday edition for tonight's Major League Baseball schedule of games. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I'm joined, as always, by John McKechnie, my partner in crime. We're coming at you today with our best recommendations for your FanDuel roster for Friday night's games. John, any observations on a hot MLB topic or two or a subject that you want to address right off the top? Well, I think, uh, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, tonight being A-Rod's uh, last game, probably ever, uh, definitely his last game. Uh, as a Yankee, um, and it's just kind of interesting how how precipitous the the downfall for him has been. Because if you remember the start of last season, he was, he had a very solid first half, and then it, it kind of fell off towards the end. But you know that's to be expected for uh, kind of an older guy. But then this year he's been completely lost, and it it almost feels like the Yankees uh, almost forced him to retire, forced him to to just kind of hang him up. So. Uh, it's really been a weird ride over the last few years, and he's such like a a polarizing guy. So many people have so many uh, differing opinions on him, and uh, for for Joe Girardi to say, "Oh, I don't do farewell tours," 
uh, had guys like Mariano Rivera and Derek Jeter sort of blazing the trail of, the, of these farewell tours and getting gifts at all these different stadiums for him to say that I thought was pretty ironic, but uh, I don't know, what's your take on it? I think it's pretty stupid. Uh, I'll go beyond ironic. The guy, I mean, how many of these farewell tours have we seen between uh, the Red Sox and the Yankees over the last few years? It seems to me that every Sunday night that they they can put these guys on Sunday night baseball, they're on automatically. And uh, oh, I know. And, uh, even a few years ago, John, when the pace of game was all. Uh, the story, the rage, you know, me being a, one of the official scorers in Toronto, uh, I was really in tune with that. And the, the two biggest defending teams were always Boston and, and New York. So there seems to be a different set of rules for these clubs. And uh, certainly A-Rod is, is one of the faces of, uh, of the Yankees over the last 15, uh, 10, 15 years anyway. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, he's at the head of the class when you talk about the whole steroid mess and, and uh you know, the age-old discussion of do these guys qualify themselves for the Hall of Fame? I maintain that he's in the same class as Barry Bonds and and, uh, and uh, Roger Clements in that regard. These guys had career paths that were on a re- the trajectory that would land him in the Hall before there was even a sniff of, of any steroids or any wrongdoing of that sort. But with the fact that they are now very very really linked and, and there's a lot of evidence to suggest that they were all partaking, uh, They've sullied their images, and I don't see a time where they're going to get in for many, many years. That's certainly uh, beyond the scope of my interest in the sport. I think in, within the next 30 years, I don't, I don't see much of a change possible uh, unless there's a real switch in the thinking in that regard. But he's not the only big name that's, that's, that's uh, heading for greener pastures and retirement. Uh, certainly David Ortiz has enjoyed his farewell uh, excursion. Mark Teixeira yep. recently announced his. And Bartolo Colon, so, so some oldies but goodies are, are by the boards, and it's going to be interesting to see how, how the teams retool around the, the departure of some of these big names. Definitely. Well, with that, let's, let's get on with our show today and go through the, the matchups with a quick preview of tonight's starters, noting that we will ignore again the Cards and Cubs early start for our purposes, and all the game times that we quote will be Eastern Standard. So take it away, Johnny. Well, uh, if you also, if you do get a chance to watch that Cubs-Cardinals game, I feel like there's going to be uh, some intrigue tonight, because, or this afternoon, because, you know, Matt Holliday got hit by a pitch last night, broke his thumb, so might be a little bit of retaliation going on tonight. But uh, as far as tonight's slate is concerned, uh, leading us off here, we're going to have Steven Strasburg and the Nationals hosting uh, Mike Fultonevich and the Braves. That's a 7.05 start. Then moving up to A-Rod's final game, we're going to have the Yankees with CC Sabathia on the hill going against Chris Archer and the Rays. That's another 7.05 start. Uh, moving down to Philadelphia, we're going to have Jake Thompson uh, taking his 0-1 record with a 12.46 ERA, uh, going against Colorado's John Gray. That's a 7.05 start. Uh, then up to your neck of the woods, we're going to have the Blue Jays with Francisco Liriano uh, taking on Houston's Joe Musgrove, one of their uh, more promising young uh, pitching prospects. So that will be a really fun game. That's a 7.07 start. And then uh, moving out to uh, Cleveland, we're going to have Carlos Carrasco and the Indians hosting uh, the Angels with Tyler Skaggs, who are you know looking to bounce back after getting blown out last night. Uh, that's a 7-10 start. And uh, the White Sox will throw Carlos Rodon against Miami and Andrew Kashner tonight, a 7-10 start. Arizona will feature Patrick Corbin, 
with a struggling year under his belt so far. 4-11 with a 4.49 ERA against Boston. And David Price, another guy who's struggling. And uh, I called it on this show right after the start of the season. You'll recall that. And oh, yeah. I'm looking good for this prediction with a 4.96 ERA under his belt. I've said it many times. That's where left-handed starters go to die unless their name is John Lester. That's a 7-10 start. San Diego features Paul Clemens at 1-2 and two mark uh, in New York against the Mets and Logan Verrett, 3-7 uh, and seven mark there. And that's a 7-10 start. Then Detroit has Annabelle Sanchez, who was inserted into this spot uh, in place of another pitcher uh, earlier today, 6-11 uh, and 11 mark with a 588 ERA against Texas and Hugh Darvish. We're looking for Hugh Darvish to to continue to rebound from uh, from the injuries that he suffered in the past year. And uh, he's bringing a 2-3 mark with a 2.78 ERA. It'd be nice to see him continue that trajectory, John. I, I, he's one of the guys that I like in this game. And that's an 8.05 start that I'll be paying mm -hmm. attention to. And uh, Cincinnati with Homer Bailey, a 1-1 one one mark with a 7.27 ERA. In Milwaukee against Jimmy Nelson, who's been rocked recently. I'll say more about that a little bit later. A 6-11 mark with a 4.02 ERA at 8.10. Take us through the later starts. Uh, then we're going to head out to Target Field. We're going to have the Twins with uh, Kyle Gibson taking the mound against Giordano Ventura and the Royals. That's an 8-10 start. Then moving out west, we're going to have Oakland Shamanaya on the hill against uh, Seattle's Ariel Miranda, although we're not totally sure if Miranda's going to stay in that spot. He might get bumped because he uh, made a bullpen appearance earlier in the week for that extra innings game against the Tigers. Uh, then we're going to head down to the to Dodger Stadium with uh, Ross Stripling taking the hill for the Dodgers, going against Pittsburgh and Yvonne Nova. That's a 10-10 start. And then rounding us out for the evening, we're going to have San Francisco's Matt Cain taking the mound against Baltimore and Dylan Bundy. All right, John, let's get into it. Beginning with our starting pitchers, tell us who do you like and why, and I'll counter with my pick. Uh, keep your thoughts brief. I know you want to go on and on about some of these guys, but let's, <laughs> let's get through this. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going with uh, pretty much the, the biggest no-brainer pick you, uh, that's on the board tonight. I'm going with Steven Strasburg. Uh, he's 11,600, so most expensive guy uh, by a pretty good margin, but, I mean, he's totally worth it. He's going against the Braves. He's, he's at home. Uh, he's got a, a 10.995 K uh, per nine this year. That's third in, in the majors behind Max Scherzer and Jose Fernandez. He's 2-0 against the, the Braves this year. Uh, he's got a 198 ERA and a uh, whip just barely above one in those two starts. And, uh, I mean, just did I mention that the Braves are the Braves? I mean, I know that the Braves have been hitting a little bit better of late, showing some life at the dish, but I think overall, Strasburg's a guy that's just... Uh, you know, he's a Cy Young contender going against a very, very uh, hit-or-miss lineup. So I'm, I'm going to go with Strasburg here at 11-6. Well, I, I made my comment earlier about keeping the, the thoughts brief because I knew you could go on about this one. That's a glaring mismatch, I think, <laughs> yeah. and I agree with you. And it's just a matter of fitting in the rest of your roster once you put that big price tag on Strasburg. So we'll see right. what you do with that. I'm going a little cheaper tonight, John, with Chris Archer at 9000 bucks. He faces a familiar rival in the Yankees tonight, and he heads into that contest on his best role of the season. We know about that awful win-loss record that he's got so far, but look at what he's done in the last four starts, pitching to a whip of 874, 
covering 26 in the third innings pitched while striking out 32 batters and walking only six in that span. That's more like the numbers that we saw from Archer last year and actually throughout his career until this he hit the bump in the road this year. So yep. we can also point to the fact that he has an excellent history against all but one of the Yankees starters in the lineup tonight. And I'll get to that name a little bit later in my lineup as I go against my starting pitcher with one other position player. I know Archer's had that tough year. But to me, he's looked very dominant uh, recently on these numbers of tests, and I think I'm going to take advantage of what I think is a bit of a discount against the Yankee lineup that looks to be aging and is preparing to limp through the rest of the season, John. That's my call on this one. Uh, with that, we want to give a nod to our friends at FanDuel who have been really good to us the year, reminding all of you listeners that the MLB season is here, and that means Daily Fantasy Baseball is back. So go to FanDuel.com, where building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just a dollar, and anyone can play. John, it's interesting. There's a lot of highlights uh, during the dog days of, uh, of summer, and, and uh, closer to home here in Toronto, uh, I'm looking at Joey Bats. Joey ba jo Jose Bautista's got his second... So I'll call it significant injury that's caused him to miss uh, time on the DL for the second time. This has not happened to him in his tenure in Toronto. And, and it comes in a season where that began with him asking the Jays for uh, what I thought was a ridiculous salary, if the numbers are true, at $30 million a year for the next five, each of the next five years. I don't see how he's going to get anywhere close to that. I don't think he's going to get any kind of a significant offer around the major leagues. I'm a little too close to this fire, though. What are you hearing, if anything at all, about Jose Bautista, the fact that he's playing out the string uh, in the final year of his contract? He's got the high profile here. What's it like uh, viewing him from where you sit? I mean, I think the, the timing of this uh, is very unfortunate. I'm always in favor of athletes sort of maximizing uh, on their potential earnings. So it, it really is unfortunate that, that Bautista has been so banged up this year when he's been, uh, you know, really healthy these past few years. And, you know, now that it's his walk year, uh, it's like you said, it's, it's hard to imagine him really getting the kind of money that, that you would have expected coming into this year. Uh, I don't think he's going to take the qualifying offer if that, if that ends up being on the table. I think he's got too much pride for that. Um, so this could end up in sort of a messy divorce. I could see that happening over the winter uh, and him landing somewhere else. And I think it, you know, we, we were talking about A-Rod earlier and Teixeira. And I think that teams now are becoming more leery of, of putting uh, big money into past production and, and, you know, kind of being on the hook. I mean, even the Prince Fielder thing, obviously Prince Fielder, it's, it's not really his fault. It's just a bad uh, kind of turn of events with, with his neck issues. But the fact of the matter is the Rangers and the Tigers both have to pay up a ton of money over the next few years while Fielder is obviously not playing anymore. Uh, so it's a, it's a situation where Bautista might kind of be at the end of the road as far as uh, getting that really lucrative deal. Well, uh, you know what? We, we got a lot of these aging stars that, that are making the headlines for the wrong reasons at this time of year, and it's a bit of a shame. But, uh, you know, we, we want to highlight again how good the FanDuel people are and have been to us. On John, so why don't you finish up with the, a bit of the FanDuel read there with me. Uh, we, we invite, we remind our listeners that uh, there's a million users who've already won money in this thing. It's never too late to join, so come play with us every day over at FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use our code, our WPOD, and sign up right now. There's a special offer for new users where they get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit. That's down from 25 earlier in the season. 
You might want to sign up with our promo code RWPOD. That's over $60 in value for just $10. Don't forget to use our code RWPOD. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel.com. Sign up today. Uh, okay, John, let's go into our position-by-position picks. Who do you like at the catcher spot? I'm going to go with uh, Arizona's Wellington Castillo. This is the first of a few Diamondbacks I'll be rolling out today. Uh, Castillo's coming back uh, from, the, I believe, the paternity list uh, tonight, so he's missed the last few games, but he'll be rejoining the, the, uh, the club just in time to face a, a left-hander in a hitter's ballpark. So Castillo, I think he draws a really favorable matchup. Uh, I think this... this uh, his little kind of break away from the team uh, may, may be able to help him bust out of his slump a little bit. He, w- he was hitting uh, just 192 uh, with a 679 OPS since July 1st. Uh, but, I mean, he's a guy that, that slashes uh, 326, 377, 651 with seven of his home runs against left-handed pitchers. Uh, and he's also cheap. And, you know, my, my sort of MO when it comes to catchers these, these days is to, is to go the cheap route uh, because I think the, the sort of differential between the top-producing catcher and, the, and uh, an average one is pretty, pretty uh, thin. So I think Castillo, uh, the matchup that he's got here against Price in, in, a, in a really hitter-friendly park, uh, makes me think that uh, he'll be a nice play tonight. Yeah, I'm with you in terms of the way we spend our money, John. Uh, there's only a couple, a couple of catchers that I'll pay up for. They're Luke Roy and Posey. If they got good matchups, mm. then they might make my grade. Otherwise, I'm like you hunting uh, and gathering for, for value. And I think I find it in uh, Yasmani Grandal of the Dodgers for $3,000. Right now, he's the hottest hitting catcher over the past two weeks, and he faces Ivan Nova who was recently acquired by the Pirates from the Yankees, and he's had a big problem serving up the long ball in recent outings with seven dingers allowed over his last four starts as part of 23 hits over those 23 and two-third innings. Uh, for his part, Grandal has had his power stroke working of late, collecting five homers and eight extra base hits as part of a 12, uh, 14 for 36 run in the last little while. And I like the fact that this guy's got 18 homers and a 354 OBP on the season up against this very hittable starting pitcher tonight. So I think that's $3,000 well spent. I think we got two good value plays at the catcher spot between us. Over at first base, you're spending up a little bit more money, I see. Spending up a little bit more, but uh, I, I still think for the player, uh, I think this is a really cheap price. Paul Goldschmidt, 3700 Anytime that you can get Goldschmidt under 4000 uh, you have to take a pretty hard look at it. And, you know, this is a, this is a night where... You know, like I mentioned, we're going against a left-hander. Uh, his numbers against left-handers, he hits 353 with a 1.107 OPS. Uh, and then, you know, the way that the, the Diamondbacks tend to construct their, their lineups, a lot of the times you're going to have uh, Castillo hitting either right behind Goldschmidt or two spots behind Goldschmidt. So th- this is kind of a way to, to stack a couple of really uh, powerful right-handed bats against against price and uh, and you can do it at a pretty affordable price i mean with 2500 for castillo and and goldschmidt coming in only at 3700 uh i really like that and then goldschmidt uh he's been he's been really heating up lately he's got 25 or more fanduel points in two of his last three games uh he even swiped a few bags the other day so uh you know you don't usually get that out of a first baseman you can get that from goldschmidt uh so i mean all that upside i think he's a, he's uh, one of the best plays on the board tonight and you know what john 
I think uh, I see what you're doing here with the Arizona club. Uh, you're piling on David Price. We've we've certainly piled on him a little bit this year. It's going to be interesting if he gets drilled tonight. I want to tune into that post game show to see what they, what he has to say for himself. Uh, because he's only nine and eight, and that ERA is is inflating, and it has a chance to go up tonight, as you pointed out, with two really solid picks so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to counter with uh, Freddie Freeman of Atlanta. I know that you you and I both don't think much of this team, and uh, it's a tough matchup tonight. And and you know he he has been buried from the baseball conscience uh, in that scenario, playing for that terrible. A ball club in Atlanta, but he's enjoyed a nice year and has been on fire of late with eight hits, including three homers and five extra base knocks over his last 19 at bats. And I know he gets Strasburg, who's 15 and two on the season, uh, but but he's hit his first bump in the road in the last four outings. He suffered those two starts and got knocked around pretty good in, in those two outings. Uh, the other two have been pretty good on the other side of the equation. In terms of their head-to-head matchup in this in this. Uh, Scenario, Freeman has a big edge here as well with a 12 for 31 history that translates into a 1.20 OPS. That's worth more than three grand to me. So I'll happily grab Freeman here and take my chances against uh, your starting pitcher. We'll see how that rolls out. No, that's, a, that's a really good price for Freeman. I, I totally am on board with that. And uh, your second base pick, this is a guy that I really like. He's emerged this year in Cincinnati. So tell us a little bit about Scooter. All right, I'm going with Scooter Jeanette here, uh, 3,300, going against the Reds at home. Uh, he's been really productive over the last couple of weeks. He's got a 302 average, uh, 771 OPS uh, with four extra base hits in that span. You know, that's not ridiculous production, but that's really solid for, for a mid-priced uh, second baseman like Jeanette. So and I think the important thing here is that we're getting the Brewers at home going against Homer Bailey. It's a small sample size, but Homer Bailey has has, uh, given up a 400 uh, batting average to left-handed hitters uh, through uh, a couple of starts this season. Uh, And he was really lit up by a pretty bad Pittsburgh offense in his last outing. And, you know, the Brewers, as they showed yesterday, they're a team that that can really push a ton of runs across the board if they run into some mediocre pitching. And I I think Bailey certainly offers that. Uh, So with that, you know, I would definitely want to get a a uh, mid-priced guy from the Brewers lineup. And then uh, Jeanette also, since Luke Roy's been uh, traded to Texas, uh, uh, Jeanette's been hitting like either three or four in the lineup. So that that's really where you want to get a guy that for an offense that's probably going to uh, probably push for double-digit runs tonight. Well, and I'm going to go across the diamond to pick up Brandon Phillips, another guy at three grand. Uh, I find more good value here, John, in the Reds' Keystone Cup. He has been hitting above his normal grade, which is pretty good anyway. So I take notice when I see that he comes into tonight's game with 19 safeties in his last 51 at-bats. That's including seven extra base knocks, 10 runs scored, and nine ribbies. That's a lot of crooked numbers for three grand. This pick looks even better to me when I look at Milwaukee starter Jimmy Nelson, who comes into this assignment having struggled in his last three starts, giving up 23 hits and nine walks in only 13 innings of work. I I haven't got the computer uh, calculator ready, but that looks like an exponential whip to me right uh, recently. Head-to-head, Phillips is six for 18 with two homers in this matchup as well. The only word of caution is that he left Wednesday's game with a minor quad injury, but his manager hopes that yesterday's off day with will be enough to get him back in the lineup. Uh, this Phillips guy's a gamer. He, he plays upwards of 130 games a year. He'll, he'll be there if at all possible. I'll throw in another name to consider if he doesn't make the lineup, though. Uh, I'll suggest that Logan Forsythe of the Rays uh, might be a good value play tonight. Even though he's 3800 bucks. he has some incredible numbers against CC Sabathia and the Yankees. So if you can't get Phillips in, try and fit to Logan Forsythe, in my opinion. He should have a big night against the Yankees. Your third base pick, John. 
I'm going to go with Danny Valencia of of the Oakland A's here. Uh, now, before get into the numbers here, uh, I have heard that he might be a potential trade candidate uh, to the Cardinals. Now that you know the the A's are sort of in this mode where they're trying to get uh, their young players as much playing time as possible. Valencia, obviously, kind of a 31 year old. Uh, veteran and a potential trade ship. So now that Matt Holiday's gone, he might, he might be a guy that the Cards look to pick up and you know plug in as a powerful right-handed bat. Um, but provided that Valencia doesn't get dealt before tonight, um, I, th I think he could be a really good play, especially if Ariel Miranda uh, stays in the rotation. You know because uh, Miranda's a lefty and Valencia has pretty famously uh, just mashed lefties all season. He hits 348 with a 1.032 OPS and six home runs off of lefties. Uh, so I really like that matchup, provided that Miranda takes the hill. Um, but if, if uh, for whatever reason Miranda is not out there, I'm going to uh, shift gears and go Martin Prado at just 3,000 against lefty at Carlos Rodon because Prado, like Valencia, uh, he really uh, takes advantage of left-handed pitching. So that would be my pivot move if Valencia doesn't end up going against Miranda. Well, and for my third base pick, I'm going to go to a guy that if, uh, people have listened to us all year long is one of my favorites in DFS, and that's Evan, class. Evan Longoria, 3,800 bucks. This this guy, uh, I'll make the case loud and clear. He, he gets the benefit of that righty versus lefty matchup against Sabathia tonight. Uh, look at their head-to-head -head history. It's the most significant and favorable one on today's board as he smoked the big lefty to the tune of 26 hits, including six bombs and 15 extra base hits, all adding up to a rather lusty 1.267 OPS in their long history against one another. He's also in the three-hole in the lineup, and we'll remind our FanDuel players, who should know by now, that's the most productive slot in, uh, in the lineups in DFS play. And I just saw him do his usual number against the Jays as it looks like he's ready to go on yet another hot streak. I say buy him tonight, even at 3800 bucks. This is, this is a, a play that screams out, out off the table to me. Definitely. Your shortstop pick, John. I'm going to go with Washington's Trey Turner tonight. Uh, he hasn't hit particularly well this week, and that, that kind of has moved his price down to a more affordable uh, 3400 heading into tonight's matchup. But he's going against uh, Mike Fulton-Nevich, uh, not overly intimidating. And, uh, you know, even if Bryce Harper is out of the lineup or he's a question mark, uh, getting a guy that's the leadoff man in the Nationals lineup uh, that, that still is pretty intimidating. Uh, I think that's that's something you have to look at, and Turner definitely offers that sort of upside. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Fulton Evich has been pretty bad on the road this year. He's got an ERA close to 5, a whip over 1.5, over 44.1 innings of work. So Turner's got solid numbers against righties, uh, 299 average, 875 OPS, and he's had five of his eight steals. Um, so... He's going to be hitting at the top of that order, and Turner just is a difference maker on the base paths. I mean, he's not quite in like the, the Billy Hamilton, D. Gordon discussion, but he's a guy that can that can stretch a single into a double or uh, come around from from second on, on a, just a base hit to, to score. So he's got that uh, ability to, to give you three extra points that you wouldn't get from a, from a normal player. Uh, so with that, I think that I give the edge to him at, at shortstop tonight, and I'll definitely pay thirty four hundred for it. Well, I'm going to spend a shade less for my guy, Troy Tulowitzki, here in Toronto. In the past few weeks, Tulo's resembled the straw that stirred the drink in Colorado for so many years, John. He was batting right around the 200 mark through much of the first half of the season, but he's rediscovered a more normal form, going 26 for his last 96 at-bats, and now the average is creeping up there near 250. But the story is he's collecting extra base hits and uh, driving in runs, extra eight extra base knocks and 21 RBI in the past month. 
he understands with a couple of key injuries to Bautista and Pilar on the Jays lineup that he needs to l deliver now, and he has been. That's what leaders do. Tonight, he and his mates are poised to take advantage of Astros' inexperienced starter Joe Musgrove, who was a former first-round pick of the Jays and had been in their farm system since being drafted in 2001. I'm going to suggest to you and other observers that Toronto should have a real good book on this rookie, and I think that Tulo can read, so the ball could fly <laughs> far at the Rogers Centre tonight in this matchup. Your three outfielder picks, John. Well, I don't know about you, but I feel like the, the outfield crop tonight was, it was kind of hard to, to pick out. I mean, what, once you get to around the 3,200 market, it really kind of dries up, but I tried my best to find uh, some cheaper guys, you know, because I did uh, recommend Strasburg at 11.6, so you got to get some cheaper guys in there at some point. Uh, so my first outfielder is uh, Alex Gordon of the, of the Royals going up against Kyle Gibson. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Gordon's had a pretty significant drop-off this year. Um, you know, as a 32-year-old, but you know he's had some injuries, uh, all this and that. But going against the Twins, uh, I think that can usually help get people turned around. Uh, I watched the Twins yesterday just get absolutely eviscerated by the Astros in a doubleheader, and I think that's going to be a huge factor in today's game because not only did they did they get rocked in in the first game, they got rocked in the second game as well. So they burned through a ton of pitchers. Uh, so they're really kind of leaning on Gibson to to get deep into this game. And I just don't, I don't have confidence that he will. And with that, the, the Royals are going to get a ton of exposure to some, to some worn out and uh, less than, less than uh, elite uh, relief pitchers. So I think Gordon at 2,700, uh, he's got a chance to do something tonight. And he does have the lefty-righty uh, advantage. He's got seven of his eight homers uh, have come against righties. Uh, st sticking in that game, uh, Paulo Orlando at 3,100. Uh, is, is another guy that I'm looking to. Uh, he finally has has moved up to the top third of the order. Uh, that's a move that people have been talking about for a while, you know, trying to bump Alcides Escobar down the order and move Orlando up because he's been one of the better uh, average hitters on the team and then one of the better on-base guys. Uh, so Orlando is probably going to hit for leadoff or second tonight. Uh, he's got a 316 average and a 337 on base against right-handed pitchers. And like I said, I don't like Gibson's chances to go uh, deep into the start, so he's going to be able to see some uh, some uh, pretty average uh, relievers that are uh, very taxed at the moment. And then uh, my third outfielder here is going to be Yasmani Tomas of the Diamondbacks. He's at 2,700. Now, this one hinges on him uh, actually getting into the lineup. He's been out the last few days uh, with a stiff neck, but I really like his skill set for this particular matchup. Obviously, I like the Diamondbacks a lot tonight, but I think that Tomas, uh, before he uh, st started to feel that the neck stiffness, uh, he's starting to look like the guy that, that was the big-time international signing from a couple seasons ago. Uh, in his two weeks before uh, sitting out of the Mets series, he had gone 16 of his last 44 uh, with six home runs and a 1.196 OPS. So again, you'll need to check again uh, that Tomas is indeed in the order tonight. And then, you, you know, you got to weigh it out for yourself if you want to take a guy that's coming off of an injury, uh, has been sitting out on the shelf for three days. But for me, I think it's definitely worth it. And at 2,700, I think if he's in the lineup tonight, he's going to be hitting in the heart of the order. I think you'll be rewarded for using him. Well, and it's interesting that you have taken the tack that you did, but you, you know, off the top you mentioned that you're spending up to get Strasbourg, and, and when you do that, you got to do a little more hunting than I have had to, and so it'll be interesting to see which strategy nets more points 
some uh, in some cases it's the big picture with the the big price tag it's other, uh, other cases if you were lucky enough to grab a guy a little further down the list that could pay off handsomely as well giving right. you the flexibility so it's interesting to see that we offer two different uh, alternatives and uh, i'll close out my lineup by suggesting the three outfielder choice choices that I'll uh, bring out. Jacoby Ellsbury of the Yankees for $3,300. I know I'm going against my starting pitcher here again, but I, I I cannot go against the numbers, John, that make a compelling case in this matchup. Ellsbury's mm -hmm. enjoyed great success against Archer, going 18 for 28, and that's translated into 1.47 OPS in that, that sample size. I throw in the fact that the Yankees' leadoff hitter has been on a season-best tear over the past month with 15 hits in his last 52 at-bats, and I'll look for him to be the Yankees' lone wolf against uh, Tampa's starter. I'm hoping that uh, Archer pitches a three-hitter and that Ellsbury gets all three hits. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll say, uh, backing him up in the outfield, I got Miguel Sano. This is a young player who I really like. For $3,400, Twins beat writers say that Sano is being bothered by a sore elbow of late, but you wouldn't know it by the fact that he's gone through a power surge in the first 11 days of August. He's got four homers and four doubles while hitting safely in eight of his nine starts in these dog days to push through his rookie season power numbers already. I really like his chances of extending that success with a big night against Royal starter Yordana Ventura, who's off his career known for strikeouts and remain, remains eminently hittable this season in a bit of a regression for him in, a, in a, what looks like a lost season for the Royals. So I, I think Sano has a chance to jump on him tonight and uh, maybe go deep. And uh, my third pick is uh, Michael Saunders, again at the Blue Jays for 3200 bucks. Friday nights have been really good for the Jays uh, this season, and I like Sanders in this spot because uh, with this while this lineup might be a bit depleted of late, of late uh, they still face a known, albeit inexperienced, quantity in Musgrove. And uh, with Saunders poised to bat lefty against the young righty in the middle of the Jays lineup, this is a big chance for him to get back in the homer column and pad his impressive season stats. Besides, the mere mention of Saunders, uh, should make you recall what happened the last time I picked him on our show, John. He picked up 73 oh, yeah. points against your <laughs> Orioles. Can you say ouch? <laughs> yeah, I remember, remember that game well, and uh, I try to block it out of my memory as best as I can, but uh, yeah, that, that one haunts me. Yeah, I had to get the shot in. You know, uh, our teams <laughs> are locked in a... Totally fair. I mean, you're in first place now. You get to do that. Half a game, man. Uh, to the winner go the spoils, but uh, th that battle's going to go down to the... To the nub I think and we'll yeah, have lots, awesome. of, lots of time to talk about that the rest of the season on this show but uh, we want to close out by hearing who your your pick of the day is uh, I got to go with Paul Goldschmidt I mean it, it, you know I just took a glance at at, at who all is priced ahead of him uh, you got guys like Jason Worth Brandon Belt uh, priced higher than Paul Goldschmidt as a going against a left-hander in Fenway Park where he can basically just hit hit a pop fly and it goes over the monster I, I don't see how you go away with or go away from Goldschmidt tonight, especially when you only have to pay thirty-seven hundred for him. When you know usually he's a guy that could be easily forty-two to forty-five hundred. Yeah, I, I have advice for people that are going to the game tonight. I wouldn't park in the parking lot outside left field. Nope, nope. Unless you got really good windshield insurance. <laughs> and I'm going to counter by going with Longo. As I said through my years studying the fantasy sports game, history's a great indicator, and the numbers don't lie. There's just too many big numbers in his favor. In this matchup against Sabathia. I know Sabathia's pitched well of late, but Longo is Longo against Sabathia, and uh, uh, past performance is indicative of future returns, not, uh, not the other way around. 
So uh, that's, a, that's a fine way to close. We got some big boppers as our plays of the day, and if they deliver, we'll be crowing about it next week, John. <laughs> uh, there you have it for John McKechnie. I'm Paul Bruno, and we wish you all good luck with your FanDuel picks. Come back and listen to our podcast on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody. Thank you.